And you may be seated. We're delighted to have you here this morning in our worship service. And uh, just, uh, just a couple of things uh, to share with you of things that are coming up. Remember this evening at 5.30 we'll have our annual Thanksgiving celebration here in the sanctuary uh, with communion and also the washing of the saints' feet. Uh, so please remember that. Uh, there will be no food. I know some of you get, we get confused. We're not having food. You'll eat Thursday, okay? Uh, you should have plenty of food on by Thursday. Uh, but, we're not, uh, but we're not having food tonight. Just bring yourself, bring somebody with you. Let's just enjoy the fellowship together around God's table. Also, on Wednesday evening, there will be no services here at the church. No services Wednesday evening. Uh, because of uh, the uh, upcoming Thanksgiving. Uh, also, next Sunday evening, not this Sunday evening, but the next Sunday evening will be the decking of the halls uh, uh, um, uh, service where we are celebrating uh, the beginning of Christmas, beginning of Advent, and uh, so we'll be decorating uh, our, our church at that particular time. That is at 5.30, and there will be a practice on that Saturday before on the uh, or let me see, oh, on that Sunday morning, probably on that Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, there'll be a practice that morning. Uh, so please remember that uh, as well. They are distributing the food boxes this morning, thanks to everyone who uh, contributed to that. Uh, but those boxes are going to be distributed. If you submitted a name, uh, you, need to, you need to get the box and get it to wherever it needs to go. Uh, so uh, if, you, if, you, if you gave the name, then you got to carry the food. All right, <laughs> uh, so uh, that'll be in the friendship hall that you, after the service is completed, uh, you can take care of that. So I think that's really all the announcements that we have. Uh, we do have a, 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 a good friend of mine. We've been colleagues together uh, in ministry for a lot of years. Uh, he is the uh, president of uh, Heritage Bible College, uh, um, uh, Stephen Ronka. Reverend Stephen Ronka, and I want him to come and just greet you just for a moment. That's on number one, uh, Grant, and uh, we're delighted. Let's, leave, let's make our, our brother Stephen feel welcome today. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you Owen. Okay, I hope you heard all that I said because I forgot what I said already. Um, but I, I just want to thank you for your support of Heritage Bible College. I want to encourage you to continue to support us uh, because 
Uh, it is so important, and especially in this day and age, to have people who know what the gospel truly is and to uh, express that to the people out there who need to hear that message. And so thank you. Uh, during this season of Thanksgiving, we are thankful for you, the people of Friendly Chapel, for your support of Heritage Bible College, and uh, we just thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And have a great Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Stephen. Amen. I say, uh, Steve and I go back a long ways. I guess outside of, outside of myself, uh, for those of you who don't know, I was, I was at one time the president of Heritage Bible College. And, um, and outside of myself, probably Stephen is the longest tenured uh, person at Heritage right now. Um, I, can't, I, can't, I can't think of anybody who served any longer continuously uh, than Stephen uh, has. And uh, so we're, we're, uh, we're, we're delighted. I, re I remember that, that first uh, when he and his then wife came in uh, and was working, uh, and I was, I, I, I don't know what I was doing. I, I, was, I was doing something. Uh, but um, uh, but he, 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 had a, he, he had a massive job on his hands because he was supervising the dorm. And that, 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 that was, that's been a long time ago, brother. Those memories we just as soon forget, <laughs> right? So, uh, but uh, it was good. We're welcome, and uh, and we do continue to support heritage. Uh, heritage is part of our budget, and so we support them on a, on a regular basis and what they do. Uh, let's turn our attention to uh, the Word of God this morning, and uh, I've got a selection, a passage I want to share with you. Um, our theme for today is is how to make wrong things right. How to make wrong things right. And uh, this passage of scripture really speaks to this somewhat. Uh, this is, uh, comes from the pen of David, the great psalmist of Israel, and Psalm 51. And in this psalm, what David is doing, he is lamenting uh, his sin that he had with the woman Bathsheba, uh, which caused him a lot of grief um, uh, afterwards. And a lot of consequences to that. But listen, listen to a, just a portion of this psalm. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. And my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. And in sin, my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden parts, you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take 
your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners shall be converted to you. That, that's, a, that's a wonderful psalm uh, that, uh, that David wrote, again, in response to his own sin and how he dealt with making wrong things right in relationship to God. Let's stand together again. We're going to do a couple of old songs of the church. Uh, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. And then we're going to follow that up. It's tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Amen.
you may be seated. You know, it's just um, sometimes for people who, don't, who have, have not walked in this way, I'm talking about the way of, of Christ, they, they hear this thing about trust. Sometimes it's hard to, to um, put a finger on what, what that really looks like and what that really means to trust him. But uh, to trust him is to rely upon him for everything that you are. To trust him when you can see and trust him when you can't see. Trust him when things are good and trust him when things are not so good. Trust him when you're walking on the mountaintop. Trust him when you find yourself in the deepest, darkest valley. Trust him when you're in good health. And trust him when your health goes south. Trust him when you're young. Thank God I can trust him when I'm old. Amen. Trust him. You know, we got Thanksgiving coming up. Anybody know Thanksgiving's right at, right at us? Time to be thankful. I'm thankful every day. How about you? I try to be. Try to be thankful every day of my life. That's usually the first thing when I wake up in the morning. First thought I have is thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you, God. Are you thankful today? Just lift a hand up to the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're all thankful for all he has done. We want to go to the Lord in prayer and a time of intercessory prayer and praying for those that have needs. Let's uh, pray for um, uh, Billy Beasley today, and um, let's let's touch him. Got a report he was not doing so good this morning, and so let's uh, let's 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 pray for Billy. I don't know exactly what's going on, but let's pray for Billy and ask for God's grace and mercy in his life. Uh, let's continue to pray for Miss Molly McLean. Uh, Miss Molly is still in the hospital. She was last time I talked to her. She's still in the hospital, and so let's continue to lift Miss Molly up in our prayers. She's a, she's a dear, precious saint of God. I, I love this lady. I'm telling you, I love Miss Molly McLean, and uh, so let's, let's be praying for her. Um, also, Susan Langdon's family, uh, and uh, of course, that, that, that goes a long ways, uh, but let's pray for them. Uh, we uh, did the uh, funeral service uh, for, um, for her mother on Friday here at the church. But let's continue to lift them up in prayer. Uh, also, uh, let us be praying or uh, rejoicing and praying for my cousin Becky. I just need to give a praise report. Uh, we've been praying for some time now. She is still under treatment. Uh, she's still uh, for cancer, for uterine cancer. Uh, but God has done a, a wonderful thing in her life. She is doing much better. Uh, matter of fact, we have a family gathering at our house in December. We start it's a small, intimate group, and it's just uh, my, my sisters and their mates, and uh, I have a, a, a few select cousins that I invite. To, <laughs> see, I, I don't like all of them. No, <laughs> don't take me seriously. <laughs> Well, I know I don't like all of them. <laughs> That's just true. Uh, but no, no. But these are, these are some that were close to me when I was growing up. And, um, 
and uh, la it was last year at that at that at that 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 uh, Christmas gathering we had that she was showing symptoms. They thought she had um, kidney stones, and it come to find out she had uterine cancer, and uh, it's been an ordeal for. Her. But I contacted her, invited her. I said, I don't know if you were able to come up to this or not. And she texts back. She said, I am so glad you asked me. I will be there. And uh, so we're just, just, just a praise report. Amen. Uh, for what for God has done. And she wanted, she, she, she said, please tell your church how much I appreciate them standing in the gap in prayer for me. She's a woman of faith, let me tell you. And I uh, said, so thank you. Thank you for praying for her. As always, let us pray for the nation of Israel. Let us be praying uh, for that whole uh, uh, region and all that is going on. It is, it is a very volatile situation uh, and always has been and it will be until Jesus Christ comes back. I don't care. You know, we, 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 we talk about the peace of Israel. I don't try to be pessimistic and I, am not a cons I, I don't get into conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff. But... But there's one thing I do know. Let me tell you when Israel will have peace. <laughs> you already know it. If you know Jesus Christ, there will be peace in Israel when Jesus Christ comes back and sets up his reign. That's when there will be peace. There will be no peace in the Middle East. There will be no peace there. There will be wars and rumors of war. There will be conflict. There will be, all that stuff will go on. And you say, well, well, why do you pray? Well, because we want to pray for it to be as calm as it can be. <laughs> that, that's, but there, for the real peace will be when Jesus Christ comes. That's, that's when there will be real peace in the nation of Israel. So, but let's pray for this situation. And I know there's a, a lot of other needs uh, that we could express this day, but let's be praying for all of these needs, and let's be uh, asking for the Lord's blessing in all that we do. Uh, if you have a need that you'd like to express, just lift your hand before the Lord. God certainly knows that need, and uh, he will hear that need. Is there anyone that would like to be? We believe in anointing people in prayer, laying hands on them, and asking for God's uh, blessings in their life. Is there anyone like to be prayed for? Yes, Miss Nina's coming. I know y'all probably wonder why I stand on the steps when I pray for people. It's because most everybody except Miss Nina is taller than I am. Um, uh, so, um, so, so I have, to, I have to get up where I can reach you. Miss Nina, I don't have that problem with you. I, I, can, I can reach you well. Amen. Anyone else have a special need that you'd like to be praying for this morning? If not anyone who believes in the power of prayer, I'm going to ask you to take and come and join me here, and uh, let's lay hands on Miss Nina, and let's ask for God's blessing. I need to help with that, because my legs are so swollen, both mm -hmm. down the hip and the twice the other, mm -hmm. and they thought I had a blood clot going last year, but oh, they, they ran an ultrasound on me, and they found out that I had a little infection. Got to sit around, and my legs propped up as much as possible. Amen. Because I'm sitting there and the kids popped up sideways twice a day. Amen. But God can clear up the infection. That's right. Amen. Amen. I'm still depending on him. That's He's my right. number one dog. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, Lord, we assemble ourselves together as a body of believers. People who know the power of prayer and understand there's a power in Jesus Christ's name. So God, Lord Jesus, as we lay our hands, Lord, upon Miss Nina Franks, 
Lord Jesus, you know her, Lord, from the top of her head to the tip of her toes. And Lord Jesus, we pray against this infection that is set up in her body. We pray, God, that, Lord, that you will bring healing and deliverance. And, Lord Jesus, bring back the normal everything that has been affected. Father, Lord, we know that you're the great God, the almighty God. You're the everlasting God. And, Lord Jesus, we put a trust in you that, Lord Jesus, that's beyond all fathomable understanding. Father, Lord, we pray, God, that you will touch every other need that's represented here. Billy Beasley, Lord, we lift him up before you and ask, Lord, for your favor and your grace and your mercy, Lord, in his life. God, be with him and help him and touch him. Lord, thank you for touching Beckley Strickland and, Lord, being with her and, God, giving her, Lord, what she needs, Lord, when she needs it. Father, Lord, we pray that you will touch others in our fellowship that need a touch of grace and touch of mercy. Lord, I pray for Miss Ann Clifton, Lord, right now she's in the service, but I know that, Lord, her body, Lord, is weak. And I know, Lord Jesus, she has pain in her body. My God, I pray, Lord, for Cynthia Schoenfeld. Lord, she's in the house, but God, we pray, Lord, against this pain she's been going through again and again and again and again. And we ask, Lord Jesus, for your divine mercy and your divine grace and your divine healing. Father, Lord, we pray over the nation of Israel, my God. We pray, Lord, over the leadership of Israel. We pray, God, Lord Jesus, for those that are being held hostage. We pray for those that, oh God, they're up as human shields, Lord, against this uh, ungodly unrighteous, uh, Lord, a militant group that's, Lord, that's trying to take over Israel. God, we pray, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, there'll be a calm that will come. We know when the peace of Israel is going to come, when the King of kings and the Prince of Peace and the God of all our glory is going to come sweeping into that plain, and, Lord Jesus, making everything that's been wrong going to make that right. And now, Lord Jesus, we pray, Lord, over this fellowship. We pray over this church. We pray over this community. We pray, God, for your strength, your power, your wisdom, your authority, Lord Jesus, to be revealed in us. And that, God, that you will use us, Lord, for your praise and your power. And, Lord Jesus, in everything we do. We pray over Heritage Bible College. I pray over Stephen Ronka, God, as he's leading this wonderful institution of higher education that God that you will bless it you will minister unto it more students will come finances will be there and that God every need will be met I've seen you do miraculous things in that small school and God you'll keep on doing miraculous things so you say it's enough and Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have touched Paula, God, uh, Paula Gray. Be with her in a, in a wonderful way. That, God, that you will continue to minister unto her. And, Lord, as she, Lord, has, has this diagnosis of cancer. And, God, Lord, touch. And, Lord, bring healing and be deliverance. Lord, I pray, God, that you will touch Sandra, Lord Jesus. You know, Lord, the conflicts is sometimes in her home. And, Lord Jesus, you know the end, how the enemy tries to work. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ for deliverance and Lord Jesus that you will break down every stronghold, break every chain, break every bondage, break every darkness and Lord let the light come flooding in in Jesus wonderful and precious name. Thank you God for everything that you do, everything you give, everything you minister unto us. We give praise in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Again, we welcome you to the house of the Lord today. Those that are in the sanctuary and those that are listening to us or will listen to us at some point in time, uh, we're delighted to have you and just uh, make yourself feel right at home because that's where we want you to be. Uh, so with that, we want to turn to our message for the day. Again, it's, it's, uh, we're going to be talking about making wrong things right. You know, we've all done wrong things, right? But that doesn't that sound good, did it? Uh, we've all done wrong things. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And so, uh, so sometimes we have to make those things that are wrong. Some things you can't change. Some things you can't alter. Some things you can't, uh, you can't change what has been. You can't uh, change some things that, that have happened uh, in your life. Sometimes you can't. There's one thing I do know for certain, and this is one of my greatest fallacies as far as I'm concerned. Now, you've probably got some others on the list, but one of my greatest fallacies is I just open my mouth and I speak too quick, and sometimes I speak too sharply. And I know there's one thing I do understand, that once you open your mouth and you let those words fly out, you cannot take them back. <laughs> you know, they are there. You can ask forgiveness, uh, you, can, uh, you can try to make amends, but those words are out and you cannot draw them back and you cannot erase them. So what do we want to do? We're going to go to the book of Ezra again. For those who haven't been with us, uh, this will be your first journey in the book of Ezra with us. But uh, we, we didn't get past the first uh, couple of verses, but we're going to go a little deeper into Ezra this morning. And we're going to go uh, into uh, chapters 9 and 10. And what I want to do, I want to read to you a, a fairly lengthy passage of Scripture, 15 verses here, uh, in Ezra chapter 9. But, and, and I will go back and we will start dissecting these. We'll start looking uh, at how this relates to our theme of making wrong things right. And uh, so, but I want you to see the whole story. I want you to hear it in, in the whole, and then we'll break it up into its component parts. So let's begin reading Ezra chapter 9, beginning with verse number 1. When these things were done, the leaders came to me saying, People of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated them from the peoples of the lands. With respect to the abominations of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, uh, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons, so that the holy seed is mixed with the peoples of, the, of those lands." Indeed, the hand of the leaders and the uh, rulers have been foremost in this trespass. So when I heard this thing, I tore my garment and my robe and plucked out some of the hair of my head and beard and sat down astonished. Then, some, then, then everyone who trembled at the words of the God of Israel assembled to me because of the transgression of those who had been uh, carried away captive. And I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. And at the evening sacrifice, I arose from my fasting, and having torn my garment and my robe, I fell on my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God. And I said, Oh my God, I am too ashamed and, too, and humiliated to lift my face to you, my God. For our iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has grown up to the heavens. Since the days of our fathers to this day, we have been very guilty. And for our iniquities, we, our kings and our priests, have been delivered into the hand of the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, to plunder, and to humiliation, as it is this day. 
And now for a little while, while grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a peg in this holy place that our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. For we were slaves, yet our God did not forsake us in our bondage, but he extended mercy to us in the sight of the kings of Persia to revive us, to repair the house of our God, to rebuild its ruins, and to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. And now, our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken the commandments which you commanded by your servants, the prophets, saying, the land which you are entering to possess is an unclean land with the uncleanness of the peoples of the lands, with their abominations which have filled it from one end to the other with their iniquity. Now, therefore, do not give our daughters as wives for their sons, nor take our daughters to your sons, and never seek their peace and prosperity, that you may be strong and eat the good of the land and leave it as an inheritance to your children forever. And after all that has come upon us from our evil deeds and for our great guilt, since you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquity deserves, and have given us such deliverance as this, should we again break your commandments and join in the marriage with the people committing these abominations? Would you not be angry with us until you have consumed us so that there would be no remnant or survivor? O Lord God of Israel, you are righteous, for for we are left as a remnant as it is this day. Here we are before you in our guilt, though no one can stand before you because of this. Now, I realize that that is heavy, weighty stuff. I mean, it don't, it, don't, it don't sound, it's not something you want to shout about. But it's something we need to deal with. We need to understand because I do believe there's some real principles here that apply to us as the church of Jesus Christ today. Now, for just, just as a reminder, who is Ezra? Ezra was a priest and he was also a scribe. A scribe was someone who, uh, who transcribed the law uh, and wrote it down for, for, uh, for, uh, for, for preservation. And they also, later the scribes, later became interpreters of the law. Also, Ezra led a group of people. Now, the, the context of this, the children of Israel have been in Babylonian captivity uh, for 70 years. Cyrus comes along and gives command they can start going back. Ezra is one of the leaders that leads a small group of people back to Jerusalem to start rebuilding the city and rebuilding the temple. Now, one of the chief purposes of Ezra, what, what God called him to do, was to minister the word, to minister the law to the people. They needed the law. They needed to hear the law. Because, you see, they'd been in captivity. They, they, they were, there was teaching going on. But when they came back into the land, you know what they did? They did what a lot of us do. They, they, they started falling right back in the old habits. They started doing the same things that God told them not to do. They started, they, 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 they had not learned their lesson. And so, Ezra, they, Ezra needed to give them the law. Ezra was passionate about, about the law. Ezra was a, was a teacher of the law. He was a student of the law. And so he felt like it was his responsibility to declare the law of God to, uh, again to them 
to help the ward off and defend off and to get them back in the right direction. For he understood, he understood that it was their disobedience that got them in captivity in the first place and disobedience would get them back into captivity again if they were not obedient to the word of the living God. And so, therefore, from this, from when I, when I read this, I saw, I saw these unfolding principles about how to make wrong things right. See, they were doing wrong things, and it had to be made right. So let me share these principles that I see in here as we go through this. The first principle is there must be a willingness to listen to the Word of God. There must be a willingness to listen to the Word of God. Now, you don't see it so much in this passage I read or in chapter, chapter 9 and chapter 10. But if you would go over to the book of Nehemiah, because Nehemiah is another one for, that went from Babylonian captivity back into Jerusalem, and his job was rebuilding the city walls, which he did. And so, Actually, Nehemiah and Ezra are contemporaries. They're there at, uh, at the same time. And we see in the book of Nehemiah where there is an account where Ezra calls the people together. He stands on a pulpit of wood and he reads the word of God to them. He reads the law to them for three hours. Can you imagine? For three hours, Ezra stood and read the law to, y'all wouldn't stay with me three hours. I can go ahead and tell you. I know, I know you well enough. You, you wouldn't stick with me three hours. For three hours, he read the law to them. And, it's, and it's, you notice that, that in this reading the law, even though it doesn't say in here what was going on, we, we, we learned that. But we know we have an, incl uh, 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 an inkling of that in verse number 4. It says, Then everyone who trembled at the words of the God of Israel assembled to me because the transgression of those who had been carried away captive. And I said, Astonished until the evening sacrifice. You see, they couldn't tremble at the word if they had not heard the word. So they heard the word and they trembled. And so, at some point in our lives, to make the wrong things right, we've got to listen to the Word of God. We've got to hear what God's law is. And there is no better place to go. I know you say, well, I, we depend on the preacher to do that. Well, that, that's good. I, I try to do the best I can. But I can't, I can't tell it all to you. There's no better place. If you want to know what God expects, if you want to know what God demands, if you want to know what the law of God is, you know what the best, best place to go? Uh, get your Bible and open it up and begin to read it and listen to what's there. Let me tell you, He will tell you, He will tell you what you need to know in this book. Then that believes me uh, to the to the second principle, not only must we listen to the Word of God, but there has to be an acknowledgement of the sin. There has to be acknowledgement of the sin. If you go back to verses 1 and 2 again, 
It says, when these things were done, the leaders came to me saying, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated them from the peoples of the lands with respect to the abominations of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perchites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken, now here, there's, there's two things that's going on, but they, 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 they parallel one another. They had not separated themselves from the people of the lands, which God is what God told them to do. Don't mix and mingle with the people of the land. He said, for they have taken, this is the second dimension of this. Not only were they mixing and mingling, but they were taking daughters as wives for their sons from these people. He says, so that the holy seed is mixed with the people of these lands. Indeed, the hand of the leaders and rulers have been foremost in the trespass. Now, there's something I want you to understand. He is not talking about interracial marriage here. This is not what he's talking. This is not a prohibition against interracial marriage. What What the issue was is they were intermarrying with these other tribal groups who were idolatrous, who were not followers of God, who practiced pagan worship, and so the best way, the best way to become pagan is to marry a pagan. Right? The best way to be ungodly, that's the reason Paul says, don't be unequally yoked together. That's the reason Paul, when she tells our story, she says, I went against God's word because I was not a Christian when we got, when we got married. I was not saved when we got married. Paula said, I should not have married him, but thank God he took care of business pretty quickly. And we'd only been married three months when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And shortly after that, I called into the ministry, and here we are. But it's not a thing about interracial marriage. It's about who you are marrying who you are mingling with, who you are associating with, and taking on what, so what they were doing, what they had always done, rather than them infiltrating the culture with the truth of God's Word, they started embracing the culture and adopting that as their lifestyle. And let me tell you something, folks, it hadn't stopped happening. It's still going on today. We are still adopting, the church is still adopting the culture of of our world in which we live. You don't believe it. You you look around what's going on in churches. You look around what's happening in church. You look at leadership in churches that are embracing sin, embracing things God openly condemns, embracing things that we should never be a part of the church. That's the reason I am so adamant. I know sometimes I make you, I, I, I irritate, I know I do. I know I irritate you. I know I make you uncomfortable. I know I make you mad from time to time. But when I say this is not appropriate for church, this is not appropriate for church. There's some things that just doesn't belong among God's people. There's some things we just should not do. And so therefore, this is what was happening. So they had, so you see, there has to be an acknowledgement of their sin. The leaders, the, the, the politicians and the priests, they were the leading components in it. And that happened today. The leaders of the church, they're, 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 they're out there. They're embracing 
They're accepting. They're tolerating. They're bringing. They're, they're, they're bringing in. See, there's one thing to open up your door. There, the, the doors of this church is open to anybody and everybody. There is not a soul I would, I would, I would, I would not allow to come in this church. But that don't mean I'm going to make you a deacon. That don't mean I'm going to make you a pastor. That don't mean I'm going to let you teach my children and my grandchildren. You can come in, you can worship, you can be a part of the fellowship, but you cannot be leading until you make it right with God. So you got to take the wrong things and you got to make them right. So there has to be a confession of the sin. Then there, there has to be some sort of expression of grief. Now, I want you to notice verse 3. So when I heard these things, Ezra, when I heard these things, I tore my garment and my robe. And in that day, of course, I'm not going to tear my sweater. Uh, but in that day, when they, when they ripped their garments, that was a sign of deep remorse and grief. So he said, I tore my robe. I tore my garment. And then he said, no, no, he went even further. He said, I plucked out some of the hair from my head and beard. I'll have to find some other way of expressing grief. I, 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 can't, I, I, I can't even grab any. And then he says, he said, I sat down astonished. You see, and Paul, Paul addressed this in the Corinthian church. He said, rather than bragging and boasting about your tolerance, rather than bragging and boasting about, about, about the lifestyles you incorporate and you allow to go on, there was an incestuous relationship that was going on in, in, in the Corinthian church. And they were, they, they were, just, they were just bragging about how, how, how ex, uh, tolerant and accepting they were. And, and Paul said, no, 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 no. You don't need to be bragging. You need to be grieving. And so I, sometimes I wonder, where is our grief and our remorse over the sin? I don't mean to be ugly. Sometimes when our children, when our families, we're saying it's all right, it's all right. It's all right. God loves you. God loves you. And sometimes we ought to, we, we ought to fall down before them, crying out, oh, God. Amen. Yes, indeed. That's exactly right, son. I got one on my side here. Rather than saying it's all right, I want to say, no, 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 no. This is not right. This is not good. There was a day we did that, right? There was a day when we stood up to see it. There was a day when we stood up with what was not right, what was ungodly, what was unholy, what was not good for the family, what, what was not good for the culture. We stood up to say, now, no, no, no. Now who knows what's right and who, what, who knows what's wrong? I do. Amen? You know why I know? 
this thing right here. I am not, I got to come down, you need. I am not getting my news from CNN. I am not getting my news from Fox. I'm not getting my direction from Oprah. I am not listening to Dakota and Jenna, Hoda and Jenna, whoever they are. I'm not listening. I'm not listening to all the ones on the television telling me how I need to live and what I need to accept and what I don't need to accept. You know what I'm doing? I'm going to the Word of God. That's what's telling me what's right and what's wrong. So there needs to be some grief. Then, then the next principle I see here, there must be a turning to God in prayer. If you notice verses 5 through 9, when Ezra goes through this, this sign of grief, then he breaks into a prayer to God. Again, just a portion of that prayer. At the evening sacrifice, I rose from my fasting, and having torn my garment, my robe, I fell on my knees, I spread my hands out to my God, and I said, oh my God, I am ashamed and humiliated to lift my face to you, my God. For our, my iniquities have, for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has grown up to the heavens since the day of our fathers to this day. We have been very guilty, and for our iniquities we, our kings and our priests, have been delivered into the hands of the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, to plunder, to humiliation, as it is this day. And now for a little while, for a little while, grace has been shown from the God of our fathers to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a peg. I'm not sure exactly. I, I, Stephen, I didn't look that up. But to give us a peg in the, in the holy place. For our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. For we were slaves, yet our God did not forsake us in our bondage. Yet he, he extended mercy to us in the sight of the kings of Persia to revive us, to repair the house of our God, to rebuild its ruins, and to give us a wall in Jerusalem and uh, Judea and Jer Jerusalem. Notice, he, 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 he confesses the sins. Even though, even though Ezra wasn't guilty of what was going on, he said, you know, if it's your sin, it's my sin. It's the same way in the church. If it's your sin, it becomes my sin. I'm guilty. I'm responsible. I've got to stand before God Almighty. And if I tell you, if I say nothing to you, if I don't speak against it, if I don't stand up against it, then I've got to stand before God Almighty. If I don't pray for you, then I become guilty. If I start embracing it, then I'm just as guilty as the sinner is. So, so prayer is important. But I want you to notice in this, Ezra acknowledged the grace and the mercy of God. That's the wonderful thing about it. I don't care how bad it is, there's always some grace and mercy. I don't care how sinful it becomes. I don't care how degenerate our world becomes. There's still grace and mercy. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how, we're, how, how things are right now. There is still grace and mercy and restoration and rebuilding and restoring and renewing by the power of God. Mm. We just have to ask for it. 
And then, then, then that brings me to, to, to the next principle. There must be confession of sin. Now, you see, I, I know you're thinking, well, do all of that? Surely somebody confess something. Look, there's a difference. There's a difference between acknowledging something and confessing it. See, when you acknowledge it, you say, yeah, there's a problem. When you confess it, you say, I'm the problem. <laughs> that, right? So, so you, can, you can acknowledge it all you want to, but there's got to be a point where you say, I am the problem. I'm the problem. I'm the sinner. I'm the violent. If you, go into, if, if you go into Ezra chapter 10 and verse number 2, uh, there's a guy by the name of Shekinah, and he, he made this statement. He said, we have trespassed against our God and have taken pagan wives from the peoples of the land, yet now there is hope in Israel in spite of this. See, he confessed. He confessed with his mouth. We've taken these pagan women. We brought these women into our home. We've married them. And we have adopted their lifestyles. You see, confession is more just saying, I made a mistake. That's where we water things down. You can call it a mistake all you want to. God calls it sin. Sin separates us from God, right? Okay. So, the last principle I find in here. There must be obedience to the Word of God. There must be obedience to the Word of God. You see, a person could go through all these steps. You, you could listen to the Word of God. You can acknowledge the sin. You can express sorrow and grief. You can seek God in prayer. You can confess your sin and stop right there. But God always demands action. I don't believe in a salvation by works. I don't, I, don't, I don't buy into it because I don't see it scripturally. But I will tell you this. There's nothing you can do to deserve God's saving grace. Nothing. nothing you know that. Nothing you can do to deserve God's grace. But yet, in our, in our relationship with God... There are things we have to do. He saves us, but there's things we have to do. We, if, God, if God points out a sin in our life, you know what God... Another... If God points out a sin in you, you know what you have to do to make it right? You've got to forsake the sin. Now, I'll tell you something. Now, if you'd read on to chapter 10, you'd find out their obedience came at a high cost. See, they had not just married these women. They had sons and daughters by these women. They knew when they married them, it was wrong. But they did it anyway. And the only solution, now I know, I know, I know this sounds so unloving, 
is that especially in our culture, in our church culture, what you've been told, what you've been taught, if I keep on, I'm going to be right by, I'm going to be back there with Kenny. I'm just messing on you, bro. See, we've been, we've been taught and we've been told that God's grace has got it covered. God's love's got it covered. God did not save you to continue in your sin. God did not call you. God did not save you. God did not redeem you. God did not die on the cross. God did not do all of that. Jesus didn't do all of that just so you could keep on sinning Enjoy the pleasures of your life. There's some things you have got to abandon. You've got to walk away from. And the only way they could make it right, I know this sounds, this sounds horrible, the only way they could make it right is they had to, they had to send those women back home with their children. That's tough. But the question you need to ask yourself, had I rather be right with everybody else and wrong with God? Or had I rather make it right with God? Because let me tell you, if you make it right with God, if you're obedient, He'll take care of the rest of it. No matter how hard it is. Let me finish with just a just a just a little just a little story. Now I know I, I know this predates many of you. Young folks, you won't know you don't know anything about this guy. But Roger Staubach, he was um, he was a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, quarterback, and he led he led the, the Cowboys to a world championship in 1971. I know that's a long time ago, but the principle here is important. Now he admitted his position as quarterback, where he was not allowed to call his own signals, was a source of trial for him. For his coach was a man by the name of Landry, and he made Coach Landry made all the calls. And he told Roger when to pass, told him when to run, and only in emergency situations could he change the play. And he added, and he'd better be right if he changed it. Now, even though Roger considered Landry to have a genius mind when it came to football strategy, pride said to him that he should be able to run his own team. Roger later said, I faced up to the issue of obedience. Once I learned to obey, there was harmony, fulfillment, and victory. When I read that, I thought, man, that sums it up. When we learn obedience, then that's when we'll have victory. Now, so I guess you're saying, what in the world am I supposed to do with this? Simply, 
this one thing. If there's something wrong in your spiritual life, something wrong in your family life, there's something wrong in your life, you'll never know good until you make it right. And if you'll follow God's plan, listen to his word. Acknowledge your sin. Grieve over your sin. Pray. Confess. And then whatever God tells you that you're supposed to do, do it. the only way you'll be set free. Amen. Amen. Praise team, make your way on that. We're going to, we're going to end with a song. I ask you to stand. Stop for a moment. And allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Allow the Spirit of God to speak into your life. See, you've got to be willing to listen. You've got to be willing to hear. And as we sing this song, just a simple chorus that many of you have heard, if you've been in church at any time at all, heard many times, he is Lord, and he is Lord. But when you sing those words, he is Lord, that means he is the Lord of your life. That means he has control of you. And if there's something you need to make right, now, let, let, let me add a little bit of addendum here. If you if you'd read on through chapter 10, the people, for the most part, there were some sinners, but they were, they, the, for the most part, the people were willing to do what they had been asked to do, put these, put these pagan wives away and their children. But it was a rainy season. They stood out in the rain. And they said, this is not something that can be done in a moment. You see, there's some things that can't be undone just like that. Some things can be made right in an instant. Some things take a little bit longer. But it's starting the process of God working to make it right. So if there's something you need to make right with God... Do you have to come to this altar? No, you don't have to come to the altar. Do you have to make a public confession? No, you don't have to make it, but you've got to confess to him. And sometimes just that act of coming forward, of kneeling down symbolically in his presence and say, God, here I am.
I know you're my Savior. But I sure want you to be my Lord. And I surrender to you. All of me. Let's stand together. Father, I've done all I know to do. Said all I know to say. And I praise Jesus that through the Holy Spirit you will speak to the hearts of these that are here. Whether they understand it or not, God, bring that nudging, that pulling, that drawing. Saying, Lord, my life is not right. And I've tried to make it right, God. But I just can't. That's a good place to be. It's okay to say, I can't. In a culture that tells us you can do anything you want to do. In a Christian culture, it's okay to say, I can't. I can't save my life. I can't save my marriage. I can't save my finances. I can't save my job can't save my children, God. I can't do it. But I know you can. So Lord, speak to your people, Lord. In your own way. The way they understand it. Speak to your people. He is.
Help us to be better, Lord, at what we do. Help us to honor you in all that we do. Help us to glorify your name. Because you are Lord. You are Lord of heaven and earth. You are Lord of all creation. You are who you say that you are and you're coming back one day, my God. And you're coming, Lord, for a church that's without spot or wrinkle. A holy church. So, Father, cleanse us and purify us, O Lord. Forgive us, Lord, of the past, O God. The past, Lord Jesus, and things that were done that should not have been done. Forgive us, O God, of those past sins. And God, help us, Lord Jesus, Lord, to start anew now. In this very moment, this very hour. Spirit of the living God. Speak fresh. Speak words of life. Lord, these young people in this sanctuary today, God, speak life unto them, God. Speak life, O Lord. The world gives them death. But God, you have life and life eternal for them. For all of us together, speak life unto us. For you are Lord of heaven and earth. Forgive us, Lord. Wash us. Wash us again, O God. Listen to my word and hear. Put aside, the author of Hebrews said, put aside every weight and sin that so easily ensnares you. And look unto me, for I am the author and the finisher of your faith. Turn to me. I will redeem you. I will save you. I will bless you. You cannot try to do right when you're doing wrong. I will make in your life what is wrong right if you'll listen to me. Obey my word.
say my words. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let's come and bless the Lord with our thanks. Amen.